On the phone line with us today is Alden Abbott. He serves as Deputy Director of Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies at the Heritage Foundation. Alden, it's an honor to have you on with us today. Well, thank you. Honor to be on. You know, I uh, subscribe to the Daily Signal. Uh, the other day there was an interesting article that you uh, wrote with your colleague, Megan Devlin, and uh, the title of it was Five Terrorists Are Still in Pre-Trial Hearings for the 9-11 Attacks. Here's Why It's Taking So Long. And I'm wondering if you can comment on, on that, and why are these guys still... Uh, why is this taking so long? That's That's been a long time since those attacks. Sure. Well, well just to set the stage a little bit, the, the history of the Guantanamo legal process is a sort of a long and, and complicated one. There are a couple of cases that have actually gone before the Supreme Court regarding the status of the enemy combatants held at Guantanamo. And the Supreme Court basically held that they had to be given certain procedural rights, particularly habeas corpus. You know, An act, A law called the Military Commissions Act of 2006, which was later amended in 2009, established some sort of formal procedures for the conduct of these hearings. Partly, it, it was a lot of criticism about are the people being held, have they been subjected to quote-unquote enhanced interrogation techniques, have their human rights been observed. So that's part of the background. I, I will comment that one of my colleagues at Heritage, Coley Stimson, a senior Navy JAG officer who knows, very familiar with Guantanamo's, indicated that certainly the, the prisoners are given, certainly over the last decade, they've been given all right to, you know, religious instructional materials, regular meals, regular uh, opportunity to exercise, so on. So p- part of the notion that Guantanamo was some sort of terrible facility, I, I haven't been there directly, but at least from people who have been there and, and what they know about it, it does seem that the prisoners' basic human rights are being attended to. Now, the question is, the current hearing you're talking about really started in 2011, involved Khalid Sheikh Mohammed and four other terrorists who are all charged with involvement in the 9-11 attacks, and the prosecution is seeking the death penalty for their crimes against humanity. Now, they were first brought to court in a military commission in 2008. That was because of various issues I won't go into here. That commission was ended, but there's a new commission in 2011. This is two years after President Obama had assumed office and was restarted at Guantanamo. And again, the, this military justice is sort of parallel. It's run by the U.S. Armed Forces. It, it really, it's not part of the federal judicial system, but it basically provides these prisoners a basic due process and right to object to the introduction of evidence and so forth that you would expect in sort of a constitutionally uh, protected federal court trial. So it's not federal court, but the hope was that while these tribunals, because they're, they're run by the military, the presiding judge can act swiftly. Unfortunately, as our article indicates, the latest tribunal involving the 9 has been hung up in pretrial proceedings for six years. Now, again, I can't speak, obviously, for DOD or the people running things, but I think generally 
my observation, and I've been not a military lawyer, I've been a lawyer for 40 years, however, is that uh, a judge has to take responsibility in managing a hearing and managing a trial. And I think there has been, there have been concerns that this judge has really allowed defense, counsel for defense, basically to carry on endlessly and has not really done a very good job in trying to get things moving. And, you know, there are the various delays. Obviously, what complicates things is you had some classified evidence, uh, classified materials involved, but still, I guess my the concern is that you, we haven't actually reached a trial. These are all arguments about what evidence can be put on, what are, are the prisoners properly within the jurisdiction of, of the United States, under the law as it stands, and in my view, it's, there's still no end in sight. We don't know when, when the trial is going to start, and uh, the head of the prosecution team you know, has said this case will take as long as is necessary, and, and the prosecution will not rush to any, any portion and just judging by what my intern tells me and what other observers from Heritage who've been in Guantanamo tell me, our head of our office was an observer just two years ago for the same set of hearings. Uh, this will take a lot more years to proceed just through free trial hearings. And again, I, in my view, the old cliche, justice delayed is justice denied. You know, they're the victims of 9-11 and their families obviously would like to see justice done. And U.S. taxpayers, quite frankly, are paying for the upkeep of Guantanamo, the, uh, the shelter, the food, the provisions, the facilities for the detainees. And uh, again, this is not a criticism of detainment at Guantanamo at all. I mean, it plays, as President Trump has emphasized, plays an important role. It's really a concern that, in my view, and in just my personal view, the presiding judge needs to do a much better job of moving things along. You can have due process. Uh, you don't need six years of pretrial proceedings to ensure that due process rights of, of the prisoners have been met. It's just astounding to me. And I'll, I'll m- mention one more thing. In the interest of openness, uh, the Defense Department has allowed several observers to be present for up to a week, as was the case uh, of our intern. So I think when she was there, she said there were a couple of other lawyers, a couple of law students, there were four or five people and they don't have direct access to the prisoners, okay, but they have access, you know, to sort of triple plain glass. So they can hear and see the proceedings. There's a time delay in case there's any classified information, but basically they can see and get a sense for what's going on. So I, I just think the purpose of the article was to highlight the fact that for many Americans, I think Guantanamo was sort of like a black box. You know, people, they know it's there. They're not sure what's happening, and, and what's happening is that uh, that prisoners are, when six years of pretrial proceedings, are basically straightforward set of charges. Obviously, there are complications and there are questions about due process, but it should, should not last this long. It should be speeded up, in my view. As I read your article, it pointed out that then-Attorney General Eric Holder at one point uh, said that he wanted the trial to be moved to a federal district court in New York. Why would he have requested that, and did that also delay things? Well, I think, and there was a lot of criticism of that, that the idea that, in effect, the prisoners would have been moved to a federal court proceeding subject to full panoply of defenses and procedures and civilian jury, 
And I think there was a concern, look, these people were enemy combatants. They're being held outside the jurisdiction of the United States. They, they should not really be treated as U.S. citizens or permanent residents would be. And yes, they, they should be granted due process, but it's not appropriate. This is really a concern about terrorist attacks and treating this as a criminal trial, this, in fact, a murder trial, mass murder trial, was not appropriate. You know, I think it was also a real concern that had there been a trial in New York City, it would have been a real zoo. You would have had demonstrations of all sorts, which would be hard to contain. You'd get, you know, the press over everything. It would become, in effect, a, a circus. And I think the idea was, look, we want to avoid that. These people are provided a due process that the Supreme Court says they're entitled to in Guantanamo. We, we don't, don't want to go and create a circus. But, you know, what would have happened? I, I don't know. I think there might well have been a circus, but the delays uh, as they are, it's hard to imagine things would have been delayed as much. Obviously, something we can't predict. But I, I think part of the holder issue, too, was are these people to, to be treated just as garden variety criminals or are they to be treated as terrorists and, uh, and terror suspects? Yeah, right. And um, for people that are younger, maybe four or five years old when the attack occurred, it's easy to uh, not appreciate um, the massive attack that it was. It, it killed 2,996 people, injured over 6,000 others. It killed about $10 billion in infrastructure and property damage. And uh, this was a major attack on U.S. soil. And so um, if, we, if we know who these guys are, it certainly is appropriate to bring them to justice. One question I had was, why did it take so long before we started uh, working on it? It looks like uh, 2011, this military commission restarted at Guantanamo. Uh, is that tied to the fact that Osama bin Laden was located and killed by the SEAL Team 6 in May of 2011? Is there some tie-in there in terms of the delay from 2001 to 2011? Well, I don't know that that's the case. I can't comment directly. I can tell you there was... There's a history of tribunals that really dates back. It took years because you had a number of, in 2002, early 2002, there were already individuals being held in the Guantanamo camps. DOD, Defense Department, organized military tribunals, and they wanted to, in effect, uh, go ahead. Uh, you, executive branch said, we don't think they're subject to due process under habeas corpus. We'll give them rights. We want to try them quickly. Then the Supreme Court ruled in two cases, Razul v. Bush, in 2004, that they had rights to habeas corpus and it had to be provided access to legal counsel and additional rights. And in 2006, in Hamdan v. Rumsfeld, 5-3 to three vote, the Supreme Court, in effect, said that the existing military commissions, which were known as military tribunals, were illegal under U.S. law, including the Geneva Conventions. And that led to statute being passed in 2000, fall of 2006, Military Commissions Act of 2006, which was passed to try and, and fully comply with the requirements set forth by the Supreme Court. And then there were some more objections to that. It was a 2008 case of, of Boumediene v. Bush. Supreme Court held that U.S. had sole authority at Guantanamo, but that could cause an additional delay and so finally, in 2009, you had initial tribunal. So I'd say it's really 
series of constitutional law challenges to the imprisonment that started in the early 2000s and that dragged on to 2008-2009 that caused the initial delay. The secondary delay, uh, 2009-11, I really don't know the precise explanation for that two-year gap. But, um, I mean, there basically had been a six-, seven-year delay because of all of this litigation prior to that. In your uh, article, you also uh, called upon an older historical fact, and that of the uh, Nuremberg trials. Um, Somehow that kind of reminded you, I guess, of, of, of the delays involved there. Yeah, well, I mean, here you were dealing with, there's a close analogy, we're dealing with people accused of being war criminals, of having committed war crimes. Here, these were enemy combatants, but clearly, I think that the scale of, you know, these sort of a mass murder by groups that view themselves as, as enemy combatants was a bit of an analogy. And of course, there, Nuremberg trials were held they had due process. They were not under the U.S. judicial system. They were a special international tribunal established just for the purpose of trying alleged Nazi war criminals. But the world was watching, and there were, in fact, there were a number of esteemed U.S. judges who sat on the Nuremberg trials. There was a, there was a movie, just I think, Justice at Nuremberg, involving Spencer Tracy, based on those trials. But you didn't have all of the delays. They were controlled, the amount of evidence introduced. There were time limits. Uh, And I'm not saying that you'd have to, you know, U.S. judicial system is somewhat different. This was a special tribunal. But actually evidence was abused, set forth. And then the accused were at least given some opportunity to try and rebut it. They didn't. I'm just saying that if you were able to, to... to literally uh, try scores of war criminals within a period of a year or so. And I think most people thought they met a fairly high standard of justice. It should not take uh, six years to have pretrial proceedings for five terrorists when there's a great, great deal of evidence supporting (laughs) their prosecution. Yeah. I was also reading in your article uh, about, um, I guess it was your colleague that, that went to Guantanamo Bay because the American public has limited access, and uh, uh, apparently the government opened the hearings to select media and non-government observers, and uh, they described a 40-second delay on the audio that was pumped into the room where they were sitting, and, and that was in case some classified information was mentioned that generally shouldn't be heard and, and all of that. So it seems to me, just reading this, it looks like um, great care is being taken to have a fair um, hearing and that sort of thing. But um, going forward, is there something our government should be doing to see that justice uh, is meted out against these murderous thugs? Right. Well, I I think it it is shocking. I mean, the the government is asking for the death penalty. And by the way, had it had there been an attempt to get a death penalty in federal court in, you mentioned earlier in New York, that would have, might have been a lot harder. I, I just think that the spotlight needs to be uh, on what what is happening. My view is it's inconceivable that the judge could not say, okay, we're going to limit the time spent on pretrial hearings. Apparently, he he's very leisurely in allowing delays, multi-week delays between segments of the hearing, he'll deal with one narrow issue. For example, the treatment of certain laptops that had been taken from the prisoners for a while, which had non-classified information they could 
their defense team could look at. And this wrangle took up, you know, days and, and still wasn't fully satisfied. I mean, that, in my view, is, is absurd. It's the sort of thing, procedural issue, that the phrase should be handled quickly, maybe in an hour or two. And it just seems to me to be symptomatic of just, and, and I, I frankly, as I say, haven't been involved in, in military tribunals, but I have a lot of legal experience, and I just, I cannot fathom why the judge would not take better control of this case. I mean, Congress certainly, and, and I would think the, the administration the, needs to be uh, concerned, and certainly, the, it's mainly, I think the public should be aware, because, you know, Congress may well want to ask questions about, you know, why are there these delays? Again, I, I think it's, in this case, I think case management is up to the judge, and I'll say more, no more than that. I don't know the individual, <laughs> but uh, I, it, to me, it's, there's no excuse. Yeah. Um, these are just pretrial hearings. Uh, after this, uh, what, what comes next? Then the trial itself? Yeah, the, tri- the trial itself. Now, hopefully, actually, supposedly, if all of the evidentiary questions had been met, the trial itself, in theory, could be relatively quick because all motions about what evidence can be put forth, what the defenses are, supposedly would have been largely dealt with in, at the pre-trial stage. But again, knowing how slowly this has moved, who knows how long a trial might take. I don't know. I mean, it's certainly possible since the Supreme Court three times has looked at Guantanamo Bay hearings and three times, in effect, has required the governor to and if it changes procedures. Uh, the Supreme Court has spoken, and, uh, and it may be that there's hyper-caution that, well, any, any trial now that comes down, there are also going to be charges that there was a lack of due process, so we have to give more due process than has been given in any hearing in the history of the world. Uh, perhaps that's the thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm not quite sure. But. Well, it's, um, it's an interesting case um, going on, but it's also full of emotion because of the many thousands of people that were either killed or hurt as a result of these men who planned these, these evil attacks. That's right. You know, going forward now, um, what's your estimation? How long will it take to get through this whole procedure? Simple answer is I don't know. I'm hoping that more people shine a spotlight on it, the more attention it gets. Uh, perhaps the judge himself. I mean, I certainly it would be possible. It's possible to change judges. I think there's greater flexibility under the military courts to change presiding officers. Now, whether they want to do that, whether that would speed things up, or whether or not the judge just decides I need to be more, more expeditious, I, I don't know. I mean, the short answer is we don't know, but I would think that if the more and more uh, public attention and official attention is drawn to it, and certainly the victims, representatives of victims, groups from 9-11 could be motivated, and, and once that gets better known, um, We'll see what happens, but I, I would not want to predict because I it would be just your get. To be honest, it's a cliche, but your guess would be as good as mine. And I, I just hope that more and more attention gets focused on this. Yeah, and uh, these five terrorists. I would try to name their names. However, I could not do justice in in pronouncing them correctly. But uh, they are in your article that's listed on yeah. the Daily Signal. Um, where were these guys located? Where were they previously, and where do where were they finally captured? See, and they were members of Al Qaeda, 
Okay, and I think Mohammed was captured in 2003 under, in Pindi in Pakistan. And as far as I'm aware, I think the others also were captured uh, in, 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 in the Middle East. Okay. And, and then it was found that there was strong evidence. I think CIA was involved, strong evidence that indeed they had been helped mastermind the uh, 2001 attacks. But uh, I, I don't have more details than that. No, that's fine, and, and it's very helpful. Well, today we've been uh, talking with Alden Abbott. He is from the Heritage Foundation, and he serves as Deputy Director of the Edwin Meese III Center for Legal and Judicial Studies. Alden, if someone wants to read more, where can they go? You can go to uh, heritage.org and uh, just type in in the search bar, you know, Guantanamo Bay. My colleagues have written extensively about the issues and the the military justice issues raised by uh, this case. Again, heritage.org, very simple, just, just type in Guantanamo or go to the bond or I think defense issues. Well, it's very helpful. And Alden, thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, pleased to do so. And, and thanks for the time. And dear listener, please join us next week at the same time for another edition of A Plain Answer.
salvation and our only 